Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes in adult language. For a full list of trigger and content warnings, please check our show notes before each episode. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler. I'm Aaron A. Pabst, and I'm Agent Samuel. I'm Allegra, I'm Agent Tuck. I'm Amanda Dominic, and I'm Agent Boomer. I'm Caleb, and I'll be playing Agent Merritt. I'm Eli, and I'll be playing Agent Hyde. I'm Zakia, and I'll be playing Agent Warp. Tonight's episode contains elements of the scenario A Victim of the Art by Dennis Detwiller. Let's begin. I can't get that kid out of my head. In the past, I'd chalk that kind of thing up to mental illness, schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress disorder, or even just the wild imaginings of a young man on the edge. And usually... That is the case. Most people just need therapy, maybe some antipsychotics, sometimes a little mock exorcism for a placebo, if they're so inclined. But now... I'm not so sure. Kid says he dreamt people's grisly deaths, only to wake up the next day and discover that they really happened. Sounds like someone straight out of the green box to me. I can't help but wonder if it's related somehow to these reports on the news, this strain of ritual murders tearing through Long Island. This strain of ritual murders tearing through Long Island. I hope I can convince the others to come along to check it out. It's too bad I can't tell them anything about the kid. I wish he had given me his name, but I guess it's probably nothing. But there are a lot of things pushing us towards Lawn Island. The murders, the party. Lord, I hope I make it. And now Hyde's sudden desire to visit her old friend at the National Guard base. We like to say that God's voice is subtle, but he seems to be screaming at me right now. Go to Lawn Island. I can almost hear it. So... Here we are, sitting in this White Castle parking lot in the middle of Long Island, waiting for Tuck, Warp, and Merritt. I trust their trip was uneventful. At least they were far away from prying eyes. I wonder if that guy's still following me. Shit. I guess he knows where Ruth lives, huh? Well, now he'd better be a program babysitter for sure. Otherwise, everyone I know is in danger, and it'll be all my fault. So it's April 24th, a little after 12.25 p.m. Agents Hyde, Boomer, and Samael, you are in the middle of or finishing your lunch. As a black Corolla pulls up outside, 
and through the windows you can see Agents Tuck, Warp, and they assist Agent Merritt stepping out of the car, who is now in a full leg cast. What do you do? Oh, yeah, I'll rush back, rush towards them. What happened? We had uh, a situation of operational security uh, outbreak at a um, undisclosed location I think we'll have to discuss later. I'm gonna go to Tuck and be like, what the fuck is he saying? Shit went down. It's probably not great to talk about in public. Uh, Sergio, can I say that at some point, like at a stoplight before we got back, I took off my wedding ring, I put it back on the chain around my necklace, tucked it back away. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so what are we doing on Long Island now? Well, that is a bit of a story. I think we should all squeeze into the same car. Yeah. So it's tight, but you are all able to get around and in a car. I'll, I'll assume Samuel's car is probably a little bit bigger. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that assumption. Who's sitting on whose lap? Maybe even better, the two cars kind of pull up next to each other. And yeah, we like we like pull up backward, like opposite each other, so that we can get the windows lined up and get close without the mirrors hitting each other. So, who do you think should trade stories first? I'm very interested in your broken leg, Merritt. I think we have the longer tail. Uh, we drove out to DC. They met us at the coordinates that were given over the. <clears throat> cell phone call, uh, the correspondence. We were led to this location, uh, an operating base they called Cicada. Um, inside, they were investigating the woman from the 1984 case, Deborah Constance. Do you remember her? She was the FBI informant, uh, or at least the consultant they used for Devil's Night. Yeah. Um, they were investigating her because recently she has been designated on um, well, we can mention that word later. Um, She's still kicking? Yes. She is very much still alive and with the program, whether that is against her will or not. Um, we'll discuss later. Uh, we met with Mallory, gave her the VHS tape, um, and, and you know, uh, delineated that evidence. And then there was a, uh, an occurrence, uh, an obstacle, Myself and Tuck were left to uh, handle that obstacle, and in handling, we were, well, I was injured. They were trying to reclaim Deborah Constance. Yeah, there's another dude from the 84 case. Uh, Wu? That seems way too wild to be a coincidence. Absolutely. Okay, but what are you guys not saying? Because that's why we're here to say stuff, like what's going on. What are you not saying? We're... We're not saying what should not be said in a White Castle parking lot. Uh, hey, 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 boom, boomer, boomer, chill I, for a I, sec. I'm okay. Do you remember? Do you remember Tanika from the '84 case? Yes. Deborah Constance is equal to. Is very similar. Got it. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, God, it was what? How did anybody know where to find that place? Who, 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 uh, who on this world is capable of, of A, locating such a place, B, breaking their way in? It's a very good question, and the answer lies in these two cars as well, former agents. They didn't come in from the cold, and they thought that Constance was someone who needed to be freed even though they previously worked for 
the same people holding her. So did Mallory. Mallory recognized one of them. She called her Tanya. Do we know that name? Not that we found yet, but I'm sure she's somewhere. And you guys stopped it. You stopped this second group. Oh, yeah. I don't think we'd be alive if we hadn't. Did they Did they make you two? Like, did they, did they have other people that they reached out to saying you two? They had two security guards. One was locked behind a secure location, a door we couldn't get through, and the other was less than an operative, we'll say. Um, but myself and Tuck were able to handle it with partial assistance from Mallory. I, I'm wholly Barely. surprised that she has ever been in the field itself, but it happened. We took care of it. So there's technically a second rogue program. Maybe. A, an offshoot, a splinter group. Oh, okay. What did you learn? Hide? Nothing really. What? Nothing really. What? You guys were doing research when we left. You guys read a whole fucking case file. Yeah. <laughs> I was perusing a case file. I... You read a case file? You were both bent over the computer the entire- We did. No, we, uh, we read this file and, uh- What, what case file is this? I, I don't believe we discussed going full into a, a case file. I was just following up with something that I needed to follow up with. That was it. And then we finished the rest of the archive work and that was it. Okay. Uh... I'm- I'm kind of going to look back between Hyde and the other group. I'm like, oh, okay. We're not going to discuss what we read about the Navy. It's not relevant to the task that we're set forth in the program. We all need to know the information that you know. We've just given you an incredible amount of information. If we're going to be a team, we need to be all on the same page. We are on the same page. What I was doing was not relevant to the program. It's clearly relevant information if you're keeping it hidden. Boomer, uh, is this case file held on the uh, database currently? Uh, yeah, but I'll go ahead. Can, um, can I just go ahead and like, I'll just give him a, like the summary of what I read? Sure, sure. Yeah, you, you give him the summary of, of what you read uh, in terms of the Tilling Gas Resonator, the occurrences on, on the USS Eldridge, the testing in 1943 and the subsequent mission in 2012 that sent four seals back in time to, to stop the anomaly and save the world. Did you say March Industries was involved in that program? Yep. Yeah. Also, get this. You remember that, you know, that cork board we have back on the plane? Remember Ansel Incorporated pinned up on the board? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's a subsidiary of March Industries. We just recently learned of it, their involvement with the program itself as a sort of shell connection. Uh, they were using it to fund the projects within the program. We, we also realized that Agent Nancy, from the same cork board you're mentioning, Deborah Constance. Same person. Same person. One and the same. So this had everything to do with March Industries, and you didn't want to share this with us, Hyde? Is that right? Well, as far as Mallory told us, the, anything on the corkboard is irrelevant to what we have to do in the program, so it's not relevant. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that. It seems as though the Eldritch did in fact have case relevance. Even if it crosses over with our corkboard, it absolutely had something to say about the program's involvement. Well, think of it this way. What if you and I get gut, Hyde? then we'd be the only ones who know anything. That's the reason why I want you all to know, because guess what? Then we're all equally accountable. Okay. Um, another corkboard-related finding, I guess, 
We did meet, uh, <clears throat> sorry. We did meet, uh, had a security D1. Yes. Yes, we did. Uh, Catherine Oaks. Her, she's... 1.8 meters tall. Yep, that's the one. Short gray blonde hair, blue eyes. She matched the appearance directly. Huh. She's something. She is extremely upset with us as a program, not only at our inception, but our um, performance so far. I spoke with her personally and received reprimand, we'll call it. What she have to reprimand you about? We left loose ends as a security protocol and as a project, and moving forward, we cannot provide any further. There was a lot of discussion over the handling of the Bauman case. Mm-hmm. I just want all of you to know that going forward, we're going to work together and ensure that that woman never comes face to face with us without a commendation. Why was Bauman so interested in her is my question. I think he was tracking down the uh, head of operations for each cell, correct? Seems like she's the program's uh, attack dog, if I had to guess. And she's not happy with us, I'm guessing. Not at all. But Mallory, Mallory corroborated that she is um, very serious within the program. Does she report to Mallory? I think that Mallory would report to her. her. Right. Not directly, but in terms of um, hierarchy. Interesting. I worry that someone of that caliber would report to someone like the theoretical Director Pleasant. We'll stay out of her crosshairs if we can. Okay. If we can. Hi, do you want to tell them why we're in Long Island? Yeah. Yes, please. Well, the one thing that the main reason why I wanted to come to Long Island was there has been some things in the news that have been pretty on par with what we should be knocking up the chain. Well, we'll get to that, but tell them about your thing. My thing? Your thing. Oh, that was the thing. That's the reason why I wanted to come to Long Island was that that stuff that we saw on the television. Mm, I don't think so. That's not what you told us. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is that you got real... You got real excited about coming to coming to Long Island after you finished that case file. Because you wanted to do something in Long Island, and I saw that thing on the news, and that's definitely up our alley. We have nothing really to investigate at the church, so I figured we at least tag this for a second. Did the case have something to do with Long Island? No. Before? No. I'm confused. Is this regarding a current case within Perennial, or is this something actively happening in the news that we're chasing? Something that's actively happening in the news. Did you guys? Did you guys check those news links I sent you? I was driving. Did you guys check them? Well, I perused, but it didn't seem as though it was. Honestly, I thought you were giving it to us as an opportunity to give to Mallory to someone above our pay grade. That's not what we're hired here to do. Well, yeah, that's the dis- that's the discussion. That's why we're all here together to talk about it. We could have had this conversation back in the city. There was no reason for us to come all the way to fucking Long Island for this conversation. Well, you see, Hyde, I was under the impression we were dropping Hyde off at the National Guard base. At a National Guard base? Why? Oh, that. Uh, yeah, I do have to go see somebody really quick at the National Guard base, but that's not the main reason why we're here. Um, all right. If you don't want to talk about it, you don't got to talk about it. 
I'm sorry, but who are you seeing at the National Guard base? I'm seeing a contact that I have to follow up with. That is a part of our project? Yes, and something I need to follow up with. Great, let's all go then. I don't know if I can get you clearance on an arm on an Air Force base. I'm sure you can pull some strings. A name, maybe? A name? Yeah. <sighs> I have to go see uh, my superior. Um, she goes by Duck. If this is who we met on the tarmac, then I have to put in my opposition. Why? She is directly related with a possible outlier within this situation, being her associate that she brought to the tarmac. Now, this is not me taking sides in whatever happened on that day, but this is me absolutely affirming that that woman, we cannot be concerned with her actions. If we are investigating March Industries, technologies, if we are looking into that prerogative, I've already secured a contact with our case handler, Mallory, that can serve as an alternative, but I do not want to work with the doctor directly. Okay. Is there a risk in doing so, or you just don't want to? I do not want to speak on it unless Tuck would like to take the floor. Yeah, I'd love to go to the uh, the Air Force Base, actually. Because um, Mallory told me that the person I'm looking for works with your doctor, Hyde, and that she should be there. And if I want to talk to her, that's exactly where I need to be, too. Well, I can guarantee she's going to be there. All I know is that the doc is there, and I'm going to go see the doc. And and frankly, I know that you might have poses of whatever Mallory said, but I've worked with the doc long enough to give her a little bit more extension of leeway than just hearsay. So you would be surprised to learn that she was working with someone she didn't trust? Well, yeah, wouldn't you? I don't know her. That's the point. You don't know her. I do. Changing. Uh, okay, I, I think we're all going to go to the airbase. I think we. I think that's. I think that's just what's going to happen. Awesome. After that, do we want to go? I mean, I'm not saying we got to investigate anything. Cursory glance. I have a suggestion. B- go ahead. It seems like to get more. I feel like we personally should start going back to the beginning. And I did a little search on Daniel Freist and brought up uh, and got up some interesting things on Camp Pendleton in uh, Southern California. Uh, What I have is that apparently uh, there was a Daniel Freist in connection with Black Chamber uh, regarding decoding and from the photos and all that I got. Sorry, I got scribbles now all of a sudden, Sergio. It just shows Camp Pendleton in Oceanside, California. Well, the the important connection is that this is where he died. This was where he was and where he died. So I think, if anything, even if it's at least we can, that's tied into our main objective. Plus, it's California. You know they have better lockdown procedures, so. Well, I mean, that's, that's down the road. That's tomorrow or the next day. But today, I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything we should get involved with with these murders, but I got a reason to think it's relevant. If you and Hyde both think it's relevant, I'll call it into Mallory, but we can't we can't take an active case on right now with a security agent down. That's just asking for trouble. They make a great point. I'm going to point to Merritt and be like, yep, that actually is a good point. While this news story I absolutely recognize that some of us feel strongly about, Samuel, I want to support that. Um, I also want to accomplish whatever we came here to do. Um, was there 
another reason we're meeting in Long Island? Am I confused? Just hides contact, right? Or is there something else? I got a personal thing, but y'all don't have to be involved in that. Is it like Hyde's personal thing, where it's not at all personal and very relevant to this project? Thank you, Warp. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you can't come. What's the play? What is it? <laughs> uh... <laughs> what is it? I mean, I think we could all use... I think we could all afford to blow off some steam, right? What does that mean? I would like more information rather than just trust me. I, I don't mean to speak to your character, but we've trusted you in the past without clear information. Usually ends up in us in a plane flying far, far away from where we were. It's a party. Don't you want to go to a party? No. Why not? I'm sorry. It's the middle of a pandemic. New York City is literally in hell. And you want to go to a fucking party? Are you crazy? I mean, yes, on both accounts. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Te pasa, padre. Why is this party important to you? I just want to go. <laughs> the caucasity you are exuberating right now. I have to say, we've made a lot of strong arguments as to why we are in this uh, White Castle parking lot currently. One of which is, I would like to go. The other is, I would like to go and tell no one. And the third is, I'd like to go to California. Hey, no, no, no. Mine is on theme of what we're doing. I'm sorry, Boomer. I needed a third option to drive home my point in that why are we here, folks? Because I wanted a damn White Castle burger and I was stressed and I stress eat. That's on me. Finally, we come to the truth. So, Samael, what a party is what? Loud music? Maybe sodas? We can do that anywhere. <laughs> sure. That's exactly, Warp, that's exactly what it is. We can have a party in this White Castle parking lot, Samuel. Wait, this doesn't have anything to do with, with Club Apocalypse, does it? Not, it might, but not directly. I might know a guy that, I might know a guy that knows a guy. Well, that sounds, again, like it has nothing to do with Club Apocalypse. I'm retreating from this conversation. I think we've accomplished everything we have. Oh, um, listen, uh, it's probably not a big deal. I, th I think that means it is a big deal. When you say stuff like that, that makes me think it is a big deal. What are you saying, Sam? I might be being, uh, followed. What? Right now? Tuck's like looking around. Well, maybe. Maybe right now. Yeah, yesterday, guy, fucking guy, this the fucking asshole, uh, was in the middle of fucking Manhattan. And the guy was literally hiding behind a newspaper, you know, checking me out. I say, hey, buddy, what's up? He ignores me. I get in my car, drive off. He gets in his car, follows me around Manhattan for like an hour. He trailed you? Yeah, for an hour. Well, I mean, did you did you tell did, did he tell you to? And she'll turn to Boomer and hide. Yeah, he told me. But there was it was well after the fact. There was nothing more I could do about it. Wait, I thought he, I thought, th I thought you guys knew, like, didn't, like, didn't you text them? Well, he, I mean, he texted us that to look out for us being followed. We didn't assume that there was any, any face-to-face -face interaction. I just assumed it was a program babysitter or something. I think it might be with the conversation I had with Oaks, it would lead me to believe that there's a possibility all of us are being traced in some form or fashion. What? We don't even know if it's actually the program now. Now that there's a possibly rogue program or another rogue, I, oh fuck. 
I think we just need to operate under a healthy amount of suspicion. Listen, if you can trust your security team, we are going to look into the possible lead. There are people trailing us that are outside of Perennial. I understand that we've had our differences in the past, but you have to believe that we don't want anything to happen to you, Boomer. I certainly don't. Same. So if we can be vigilant and above all honest, then I assure you, I will do everything I can, including breaking the other leg to keep you safe. Can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we'll we'll take a walk. It's just, just a two-second walk. It's not bad. I just have to let some feelings out. You never actually got your burger, so. Oh, I, I'm not really hungry. It's I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need it. It, it. No offense. They're disgusting. You're not missing. Oh, so now we really had no reason to come to Long Island. This is exceptional. He starts taking notes. <laughs> that was a lie. Yeah, it was. All right, I'll pull Boomer off to the side. What's up? Okay, um... If anything goes south and I go missing, okay, I left. I left a little care package for protection for you in a location. In a location, what, should I know what this location is? Go to the rafters. There's a backup package in case I go missing. That is for you. That has everything including stuff that's not edited or altered and any other side stuff I added. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, shit. I have, uh, yeah, no. I just have a feeling that things are not going to go well for me. So that's why. I won't let anything happen to you if I can help it. I, 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 I believe that. But now that we have extra backup and all that stuff, I'll be honest, we keep separating and shit happens, so... I know how things are going, and I would be very pleasantly surprised if I make it another year. So, I feel that actually. Um, on a similar note, okay. At some point, I have a case file I want you to look at before we show the others. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, just because I need. <laughs> Uh, just because I need confirmation that I'm actually making connections and not just seeing what I want to see. Whenever we actually, it, when we, whenever we actually separate for the night and all that, and you want to give it to me discreetly, that's when. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Also, what the fuck is up with Hyde? She's being real weird. I, they haven't been the same after the case. Did it, did it just like? No, it was some intense shit. I like, I'll, uh, it's in there. I like, I said, I told you everything. Water, but there was weird shit. Like, there was a little bit of weird shit you told me, but I didn't think it was gonna affect her that much. Jesus. Like, they know something. I don't know more than that. I just know that they reacted stronger to this case than the previous ones we've read. Sure. And frankly, that's who I'm worried about the most with me, with my safety. <laughs> well. We'll just keep bouncing the worry around to who's the most dangerous at the top of the day, every day. Sergio, while they're um, while they were doing that, can I just 
give the the news reports uh, maybe i already have the information in my head but can i just give those news reports another once over and see if they like look at like the specific locations in long island where those murders happen sure sure so there have been two murders so far the first was carl moretti so in february uh he died february 15th oh, so that was a while ago yeah about two months ago and uh, he died in a place called Peconic Park. And then more recently, as in just yesterday, Vanessa Hatvan was found dead. Uh, and she was found outside of Glenridge High School. And she has been identified as the librarian of Glenridge High School. Damn, right outside her own school. What, did you see in a tree or something, Serge? Yeah, uh, her body was found dangling from a tree, at least parts of her body. God damn, those poor kids. Samael, forgive me for asking while you're researching, but what is it you think is drawing you to this case as a potential happening of the unnatural? I mean, we've had killers in Long Island before. Uh, we just had the, the Craigslist Ripper in, in 13. I, uh, I might have gotten a tip from somebody. Oh, oh, from an agent? Or? No, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying it's reliable information, but I, I, I think there's... I have a reason to suspect that there's something more to it. Okay. Okay. Well, I trust that you wouldn't bring it to us unless you thought so. Thanks. Honestly surprised to hear you say that. Uh, can I text Doc on my phone and tell him that Perennial's coming with me and I won't be coming alone? Sure. You text her and uh, she says, just give my name at the at the gate and they'll let the two however many cars in yeah i think we're i think we're ready to roll you guys jump into your cars uh just you know there's there's six of you total who's going in what cars i'll drive one of them i'll get into the whichever car does not have tuck so we have um some representation <laughs> i will actually hop in uh, the car with tuck okay so boomer tuck and who warp yeah okay so the three of you jump in the other three jump in the other car. So you guys head into Long Island, and after about 30 minutes, uh, you do eventually reach the Francis S. Gabreski Air National Guard Base. Anything of, of importance that needs to be said in the cars? What's the, the temperature in these cars? I think it's real tense. Absolutely tense. I'm quiet as fuck. <laughs> it seems that the, the, the little bit of distance between each group has not lessen the uh the awkwardness it's it's mostly chill i think warp is side-eyeing boomer a little bit for reading without her <gasps> not saying anything but it's just like the shade oh damn sam did you bring your laptop uh yeah can i go on your laptop for a little bit i want to i want to review the 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 eldritch case file before i go to the naval base can we can can we use each other's laptops? I, I don't care. I just thought, I just wondered if Boomer might care. Go, go for it. Uh, I don't know about the internet connection, so I'm just going to try to get on the laptop. I'm a, I, I assume that we have like a cellular hotspot or, or something. Make a, make a luck roll. 21. Okay, that's a success. One of you uh, has a cellular hotspot. Yeah. I'll help out. You open it up and you turn it on and you remember that the uh, laptop is supposed to come with a fob. Uh, you don't see that fob. Fob, 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 fob. Um, hold on. I I dig around in my my uh, pocket. Yes, M.I.L., you don't have a fob. Um, uh-oh. Did you leave it back at the church? We, I don't think so. I would have had it on me. 
In your apartment, maybe? Well, it better be at the church or at the apartment, I'll tell you that. Do we... Do we need to stop, Samuel? <sighs> Someone better call Boomer. Well, I will call Boomer. Let me call Boomer real quick. Yeah, hello. You're on speaker. What's up? So great that you're on speaker. Uh, quick question. Um, since you found Samuel's laptop, um, did you by chance have a swab? No. No? Not on me. You didn't find it wherever corner of the, uh, the part of the church you found it at? No, I did not find it under the couch or in his office. What is the risk of not having the FOP now? Do we need to stop and handle it, or can we press on? No, you can press on. The thing is, those FOBs, they're like, you gotta understand, there's multiple firewalls on that thing. So if anyone were to even plug it in, it's designed to look like a junk bullshit file, or it's not gonna work. Oh, so it has a bunch of security passcodes, so we're fine. Yes. Okay, that's all you had to say. Thank you. Hangs up. Hyde, I've got to ask, I I know that you can be a private person, but this case, it must have had something exceptionally to do with the cork board if you're this averse to sharing it with the rest of us but still want to investigate on the way. Uh, I just want to follow up to make sure I have the questions I need to ask Doc answered. That's it. I'm just following up. I'm just following up with what I was asked to follow up with. And you would tell us if something you saw in that case had something to do with perennial? I would have told you. Or if I felt that it was necessary or relevant, I would have said something. I just wanted to touch base and know that you... You are the same Hyde I left. (laughs) Yeah, Hyde never left. Oh, you know what? Yesterday I found my laptop under my couch cushion in my office. I'll bet you anything the fob's there too. I probably plugged it into the laptop... Somehow it got under the couch cushion, and the fob fell out under there. I'm sure that's where it is. I'm sure that's exactly how it went down. You found your laptop underneath the couch? I've found things in stranger places before. Samael, I know that I may harp on you from time to time, and I understand that sometimes a relationship can fray at moments like this where our personalities differ, but in the future, if you could keep a closer eye on your belongings, uh, just so that we don't have to worry over this. I mean, well, we, we found it, didn't we? That is not the point. Point is, if something were to happen to either of those items, our relationship would become much more strenuous than it already is, and I am attempting to repair uh, that connection. Are we understood? I mean, if I lose something, I'll lose something, but I'll try my best. Thank you for at least reaching out to me with that olive branch. (sighs) (laughs) Got even more tense. (laughs) Nothing. It's nothing. Oh, I call Mallory also. I call Mallory on the way. Agent Tuck, you call Mallory and... uh, Go ahead. What, What was your question to her? Oh, no, I was just going to call and tell her about the the, ca- the potential case that's happening right now and how we aren't uh, equipped to handle it right now with an, uh, a security agent down. You, you describe it. You describe what's happening. And she says, let me check in with some other sources to see if there is a connection. I'll get back to you. Uh, I did want you to know, Agent Tuck, that on the server are the files that you and Merit and Warp requested. Uh, they are under a folder called underscore perennial. Thank you very much, Agent Mallory. Um, How are you holding up? We're continuing. We're missions, missions still continuing. Um, Agent Samuel said he 
had um, a source that may have alluded to these murders being um, pro program related, which is why I'm calling you in um, to maybe send another team. Right. Well, I, I do want to say, though, Tuck, unless you um, weren't aware of it, uh, the DO is very impressed with how we were able to handle Cicada, so thank you for your assistance. Well, we only almost lost Merritt over it, so glad he's happy. She doesn't say anything and says, All right, I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon. Uh, thank you again for the files. You hang up, and uh, you guys continue on your way. You finally reach this Air National Guard base. Uh, it looks like an airport, but just kind of like the uh, the previous airport in Michigan, there is uh, a military presence there. You pull up, uh, hide, you mention Dr. Kareth Thornbill, and they say that they've got you and two cars on the list, and they roll you through. They point in the direction of a hangar that is kind of separated from the rest of the area, kind of solo private hangar and they instruct you to park there. Uh, as you pull in, you can just kind of get a, a sense of the base, and you all can see on one of the hangars, there is the logo of the 106th Rescue Wing, which is a pararescue unit that is based out of Long Island. And Hyde, it's obvious to you that, of course, Coral Nomad could land here as there is already a pararescue unit here. They would blend right in. Uh, you eventually come to this bit, uh, hangar bay, and you step out, and the only other thing that is of note is that right beside this empty hangar bay, or this secluded hangar bay, is a series of kind of circular white buildings. They, they almost seem fabricated, like plastic or something. And they have the March Technologies logo printed on them, right on the front. This kind of ugly, very plain... You know, it's a it's, it's an image of an Earth and then March technologies. Well, come along. And where are you going, Hyde? I'm looking for Doc's office or if she's in the main hangar or something like that, where I, would, I typically would find her. Okay. Uh, do you want to go to the hangar first or do you want to go into the, uh, the white buildings? Well, let's go in the hangar first. Okay. Uh, you step into the hangar. And there is the helicopter that uh, you guys had seen on the tarmac that uh, I believe was a Sikorsky. There does appear to be bathrooms and other rooms and stuff, but the main thing you notice is that there are plastic tables kind of set up. And sitting around these plastic tables, uh, Hyde, you immediately recognize the members of Coral Nomad. Some of them are playing cards, some of them are... Uh, having lunch. But if you go deep enough in and you make yourself known, they will notice you. And they kind of say, hey, is Hyde your call sign? Would they know you as Hyde? Yeah, they would know me as Hyde. Yeah, they, they'd call out to you in excitement. Some of them would stand and come over and uh, the rest of Perennial kind of just immediately notices that these... Uh, Helicopter and pararescue guys seem to know Hyde quite well. Are we allowed to reuse nicknames? What do you mean, are we allowed to reuse nicknames? That's Hyde's name. Relax. Uh, I like high five him. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be kind of cordial, but short at the same time. A little nervous. 
Hey, you came just in time. We're starting another game. Come on, sit down. We could use a couple extra guys and gals. I mean, you can ask them uh, if they want to deal in. I'll join you maybe in a bit, but I gotta, I gotta talk to the doc first. Uh, where can I find her? Oh, doc's in the uh, in the buildings. Just go to the other side. And he, and he gestures to where those white buildings are. Um, I'll like turn around. Um, these are the the guys. Uh, if any of you are interested in playing cards, feel free to stick around. Uh, and I'm just gonna keep moving. I'm not even gonna ask him to follow. Sabahel walks right up the ta- to the table, sits down, and says, "What are you playing for?" God, <laughs> let's go. I'll, I'll watch him, and then I'll go <laughs> with him at the table, and I'll be like, "Okay." So Boomer and Samael walk up to one of the tables. They are certainly excited to have some uh, folks. They they want to make sure you have some cash on you. They want to know that you're not just bluffing. Samael immediately puts down two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and they they will absolutely deal you in. I will also take out uh, my uh, private personal wallet and I will take out a stack and I'll literally put put in two hundred as well. Wow. Oh Let's go. The, the <laughs> other four of you, I assume, are heading with Hyde to the March facility. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never a question. You. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to Samuel and Boomer in a moment. Oh, I feel real bad leaving two nerds alone. So <laughs> they're fine. They're, I'm watching him. They're with the, they're with the lads. With it's fine. That would be helpful. <laughs> no, actually, that'd be worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fine. So you walk over, and and like I said, these buildings seem um, pop-ups. They, they seem like they were put up. They could be broken down just as quickly and, and moved somewhere else. Uh, you walk in, and there is a kind of waiting room where someone asks you why you're here. You mentioned Dr. Thornbill. They still they'll go get her. And they eventually say, actually, you know what? If you want to go right down, first door on the left, you begin walking in. You enter the first door on the left. Before we walk in, I'm going to turn to all three of them, and I'm just going to look with a small smile on my face to try to be polite as possible, and I'm just going to say, please keep your emotions in check. Thank you. (laughs) And then I'm going to open the door. (gasps) (laughs) So before Tuck can give you any attitude, you open the door. No, Tuck is biting her lip bloody, trying not to just yell. You walk into a, a kind of foyer, a, a larger area. There's some couches and chairs and stuff. This feels exactly like a like a like a triage kind of research facility. Something that could be, you know, you you, you see it in movies where, where there's like plastic sheets hanging, separating rooms and such. There's really not a lot of building. It's all just very kind of plasticky and fabricated and easy to kind of go around in. But you immediately see in this room. Dr. Thornbill, who's back at the moment, is to you. And there is a LCD television. And she's on the phone, on her on her cell phone. And she's watching the news. And the case uh, that has been going on in Long Island regarding these murders. And she says... Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching now. Okay. I, I will try to organize a team. Alright, I'll let you know. And she hangs up. Was that Mallory? notices you. I, um, I don't know who. Oh, your case handler, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that was, that was, uh, my higher up. Uh, are you aware of the situation that's unfolding? Uh, we've, uh, we've called it in to be checked through. Uh, 
I've been uh, speaking to some folks too. We have some uh, we have some folks on the inside of the Long Island Police Department, and uh, they're giving us some information that leads us to believe this could be a potential investigation. So, hi, uh, 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 she call, she would call you by uh, your CDC badge, which I believe was uh, Jamie Wilson. Yeah, so she says, uh, uh, Jamie. Could I talk to you in private for a second? Yeah, that would be great. Um, do you guys mind if I talk privately with the doc? I like turned around. Absolutely, Hyde. Whatever you need. You can just stay right here. You can just stay right here. I'll. Uh, I'm just gonna step out with Hyde. I'll follow. <laughs> there's there's no one else in this room with us. There is no one else in this room, but you can see past this room into other rooms, and there appear to be other people, most of them in white coats, white lab coats and such, walking around. So, you know, you, you would be in a in a room by yourself, but you can still see other people kind of walking around and such. Okay, mostly asking, because I want to ear hustle without being seen. <laughs> Serge, as Hyde is leaving with the dock, if that's what's happening, is there any way I could do a human intelligence check on both of them? Sure. Uh, yeah, just make a human intelligence roll. And 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 are you? What are you in particular kind of looking for? I'm looking for irrational or strange behavior and hide. I've been noticing that she's making this weird, irrational decisions to hide information from us. This whole inf- this whole encounter has felt that way, and now she's asking to be alone without us, uh, knowing that this has to do with the project. I want to know if it's because she trusts the doc and she needs that information in private, and it really is just cordiality, or if she is hiding something from us. Yep, go ahead and make that human intelligence roll. Uh, I succeed with an 8 against 80. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, my boy. Wow. You know, you only have so much information to work off of, but Hyde is noticeably acting different and um, certainly wanting to speak privately with Thornbill is uh, out of the ordinary in the sense of the, the, the decision to kind of share amongst each other as much as possible as a, as a unit. Th- Thornbill does seem nervous, but she's playing it off and kind of putting her energy on Hyde, like wanting to get her out of the room. I will say this, that Thornbill will take Hyde just kind of to a a space where you can still see them. You can still see them speaking. You just can't really hear them. Uh, this, This facility, again, is like mostly plastic sheets and dividers. So there's a lot of visibility. But nonetheless, uh, Thornbill takes you, Agent Hyde, to a, you know, everything is visible in this facility, but nonetheless, it is secluded. There's nobody coming around you. And she says, um, so I, I assume you read the book, right? Yes, I read the book. But you said something about a file. The program had a case file on the Eldridge. Oh my God, so they do have a file on it. Okay, okay, this, all right, okay. Is that why you asked me about this? So that I would look... I, I didn't I didn't ask you to find out about the server. I, I didn't even know it existed. But what does the story of the elders have to do with why you put me on this team? What? Okay, all right, so look. You said this was the answer. Well, I, I was hoping to tell you the story after you read the book, but apparently you read a lot more than that. L- look, let me explain. 
about a month ago, my head of research, you probably know him as Dr. Taffam, asked me, he said that they were putting together a unit, that the, that his, um, you know, he, he, he deals with the program, and he said that they were putting together a team, and that they needed a pilot. And I thought of you because I thought it would be nice to have somebody on the inside of something that I'm not normally a part you of. You wanted me to keep tabs for you. Well, for both of us. Or for Marsh Industries. I have seen a lot of things here, okay? And that project that you read, Project Tell, that was my baby. I was part of that. And when I started asking too many questions, they pulled me off of it. And eventually, they put me on Coral Nomad. I just want to understand the other half of this, okay? Since 2002, I've realized that there's another half to this. And I'd just like to know more. I'd like to know who's in charge, what's going on. Because look, Dr. Taffam is not going to be in charge forever. And I'm the most logical next person. So I want to... I, I, I just want to have the upper hand in knowing what I need to do to put myself in the right position. And, and I thought maybe if I could do that, then I could put you in a good position. Like... Imagine if you were the director of security. You wouldn't want to keep Oaks around? <laughs> I, uh, I've dealt with her in the past. She was actually with Marge for a long time. Hmm. Anything I should be concerned about? Oh, you should definitely be concerned about her, yes. She's a very dangerous woman. So look, I don't know everything. But before March, there was something called the Majestic 12 Steering Committee, okay? These were... It, it all starts with Roswell, okay? They found something there. And they just started this organization within the government, a, a conspiracy, to study and research this alien technology. And it's just kind of been going on since. And then eventually in 2002, there was this coup, I guess, by the people you apparently work for. And I think they won... But uh, we're now working together. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Again, this is why I wanted you on the inside. I figured, I mean, hell, if you have access to an uh, a super secret server, there's probably lots of useful stuff on there. Yes, this server's is, yeah, the server. Um, so this is all just the the getting higher up on the ladder situation and I mean I've been working for you for like what four years now doc and at no point were any do any of the other nomads know that you that we're not we're not running running missions necessarily for the program or we're bringing stuff to you guys and we're participating in other projects like project tell like you experimented on people <laughs> And that's, that's the thing that's really bothering me out of investigating all of this, man. Like, where, where do we fit in all of this? Like, why, why us? Why the nomads? Why me? I, I just, it's just really irritating, Doc. I'm getting really irritated over all of this, like, lying and, like, hiding stuff. And it's just stupid. You understand? I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm trying to be open about this. I, I, I just, I, I'm sorry. Okay, maybe my tactic of having you read this book was was probably a little off, right? I just wanted to be a little mysterious and interesting. I, I wanted to excite you, but I, I realized that was probably the bad tactic. But look, uh, 
you don't think I don't think about those seals once in a while? I mean, yeah, I was I was part of a, a program that, that sent them to die, but it also saved the world. But those seals, they they asked me who was in charge and I I couldn't really answer it. I, I genuinely didn't know. Look, Hyde, there is no surviving this. There is only moving up within the program to be safe. Within March, I've been trying to become the director of research for a long time, but Tafum just won't go away. He's just insists on creating another miracle or something like that. I, I don't know. He's He's been kind of distant lately, but the point is, is that this is insurance. This is insurance for my life, and this can be insurance for your life. Imagine being in a position where you're not on the field anymore, where, where you're where you're calling the shots instead. I, I know that that's not your initial interest, but that's what makes you perfect for the job, is that you're not in it for the power. You're in it to just do the job and get out, and, and, and that's what I want too. And if you were the director of research, getting out may be a survivable possibility for me? Yeah, because... It, once I'm the director of research, I'm part of the DO, and I could make a request that you become the director of security. We have each other's back. Okay, okay. Well, what else do I have to do now if that's the, the situation, the play? What more do you need from me? I mean, getting access to that server would be nice, but you, you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I just... How about we just keep each other abreast of what's going on. It'd be lovely to, you know, kind of pick your brain about what you currently know about the program. But we don't have to talk about it now. Now would not be a good time. I'll play along for right now, Doc, because I'm just a little interested in how deep this rabbit hole is going to go. But the bigger problem right now I have is that I got three people sitting in your office who want a bone. And I have to give them a bone so that they can get off my back because all of this is really getting uh, suspicious. So um, I will play along if you can give me access to Halo or Hooks, whatever her name was, for a five minute conversation. Is that what that whole thing on the runway was? On the tarmac? Apparently so. I don't know what exactly it is, but it's pissed off one of my agents and I need to give a bone. So if you want me to keep doing this for you, that's the bone. Okay, I let's go talk to them. I think I can make it happen, but I think I've got another bone as well. Hmm. And before she goes to explain what that is, we're going to cut back to Tuck and Merritt and Warp. The three of you are standing in this room by yourself. You can see Hyde and Dr. Thornbill kind of discussing something. They're about a dozen feet away. You cannot hear them. Does it look heated? Is that tension? It, it looks like they're having a serious conversation. Um, not a lot of smiling. Agent Tuck, with an alertness at 60, you are just kind of scanning this facility. And Tuck, it hits you. You know, you had an argument with... Mallory about visibility, about why can't we be more public? And here you are in a March facility, an organization that you have recently come to learn is very much tied to the program, and it's pretty visible. I mean, being on a Air Force base is pretty damn visible, and they don't seem to be having any problems. But that's when you notice that in another room, 
another kind of plastic sheeted cordoned off room, you see Dr. Hooks. They have stepped out of a room and are now kind of watching a monitor. They seem to be watching something that is going on in the in the room beyond them. And you it looks like there's two people sitting at a table in a in a room on this monitor. Is it is it like an adjacent room? It's within walking distance. You can get there easily. Shit. All right. I'm going to tap Mara and say, "Hey, I uh I see Halo." So I'm going to go I'm going to go talk to her. You are. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to wait to be told no. I know. Uh, so I won't try. Go talk with her but be safe and know that call for us if you yeah. need help. I got it. I'm going. And Warp, what are you doing in this time? Um, I don't know if there's anything worth looking at. I think she's going to try to learn as much as she can without breaking the rules. So if there's stuff just out to look at, she's going to look at it. If not, then maybe she'll probably just look around, wander around, see if there's anything else. There is a computer. I would say that there's probably like a, you know, just a desktop computer. <laughs> okay. Um, then, yeah, I'll, I'll see what's on there. Okay, uh, you sit down and it's, it obviously has a password. Seeing this, can I stand by her to look as official as possible? Sure. Thank you. Um, what are the chances that I can guess the password? Is it, is it March? <laughs> March one, two, three, four? Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you try that password? <laughs> Only if I'm sure. I, I do try it once. You have 40% in computer science. Um, I, I'll allow you to make a computer science roll. I'll science this computer. Oh, it's a 24. That's nice. Oh, oh yes. my God. I'm in. <laughs> it was March 1, 2, 3. So Agent Merritt, you see Agent Warp like alt tab and control r command prompt like opening up things and clearly trying to bypass this security password she did, she's not going to know what it is but she is making progress in in getting through but you also can see that the conversation with hyde and thornbill is looks like it might be wrapping up warp whatever you're doing they're coming back quickly and i hope that that can't be traced it Probably not. Warp, you eventually manage to <laughs> pop it to the desktop, and we'll come back to you. <laughs> Great. Asian Tuck, I assume you walk over to the room. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be stealthy about it. I'm just going to... I'm not going to, like, announce myself, but I'll, I'll come in. There is a drape that kind of separates you. You step into the room, and... Dr. Hooks does not acknowledge you. Her eyes are fixed on a couple of monitors in front of her at a desk. And as you're kind of assessing the situation, you're taking in what's happening on these monitors. And what you see is two individuals sitting at a long table. And there is this kind of separation between them where they cannot see their hands. One person is holding a deck of cards and they're going through these cards. And you can hear over the loudspeaker uh, uh, they're not saying anything. They're looking at the card, and they don't move until the person on the other side of the table says, Square, triangle, circle, square. And you can clearly see the cards, and about nine times out of ten, about average, not necessarily nine times out of ten, but about on average, the person is right and wrong. With your human intelligence, you can quickly tell 
there's some kind of experiment being conducted regarding maybe precognition or telepathy, but this experiment is happening. Do you do anything? About a minute passes, and she is not acknowledging you. She's just very, very intently looking at the monitors. Sis, where you go after you sign the book? Shh! She puts her finger up and shushes you. <laughs> I'm going to walk closer and cross my arms and watch with her. Okay. She, she does kind of side-eye you, and as she kind of side-eyes you, she leans over the desk and she pushes a button and she says, Introduce the yeah, asset, please. And an assistant walks through a door that leads into this room with the two individuals, and they are carrying a small box, and they come over to the person who has been guessing. They open the box, and you can tell that the crystal is inside. They are instructed to pick up the crystal, which they do, and the assistant walks out, and the experiment is conducted again, this time the person holding the crystal is told to close their eyes and concentrate. And as the person holding the cards begins to reveal them to themselves and they're looking at them, the person on the other side holding the crystal gets it right. And then they get it right again. And again. And again. And again. And as they continue to get it right, Dr. Hooks says... Excellent. And she starts writing something down on a piece of paper. (laughs) Is this what we brought this to you for? She finally kind of stops and looks at you and recognizes you as the woman on the tarmac and kind of takes a step backwards and say, how did you get in here? Front gate. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt you. I, you know me. We worked together. Halo, what the fuck are you doing? Could you tell me who you are? I'm... Agent Tuck, we worked together in Meadowbrook. You, you signed the book and you disappeared. You. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't know what you're talking about. I, 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 and she's now looking around trying to find someone. Uh, no, no, hold on. Can I roll like a human intelligence and see if she's like fucking with me? Sure, she's like sure. gaslighting me or something. Sure. Oh, I failed. It's an eighty-seven. I failed. <laughs> she looks pretty. Disturbed that you're here. From her, from her response, you think it might be because you were very aggressively approaching her and Doctor Thornbill on the tarmac. You, uh, you looked like someone I worked with. You just looked like someone I worked with. I can tell I was wrong. Oh. Now you, you've never been to Meadowbrook, New Jersey. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I. Did you I, know a, co- an, a, a police chief named Michael Buffington? Maybe we should ask my... my. Does an address on Spooner Avenue mean anything to you? I, I think we need to get my supervisor. Uh, Dr. Thornbill? She starts walking out of the room. Oh, fuck, I follow her. Uh, Hyde and Dr. Thornbill uh, are making their way, and she is already kind of walking out of the room. Merritt, you can see that for now, uh, outside of the room that you are in, uh, all four of these folks are meeting. And Warp, you seem to have a little bit of time. So, you have yes. a desktop in front of you. <laughs> Seems like there is a, a hard drive and whatnot. What are you looking for? Okay. Um, I'm looking for any 
anything that's like clearly like a PDF, a research file, like anything that looks like it's hosting a lot of information, um, I feel like I would have like a, a USB or something on me. Well, you do have your fob from your laptop. Okay, I can, can I store things on that? Yeah, I would say you could probably store some stuff on there. Okay, then I'm going to take what I can um, and store it on there. Just off the desktop. I'm not going to go looking into stuff. Wow. There is nothing on the desktop. You would have to go into the hard drive. Oh, well then, into the thing of it. 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 Okay. <laughs> you open it up. You start looking. Um... There is definitely files. I think you can make a signal intelligence roll to see if you can make heads or tails of any of this. Okay, intelligence. Let's go intelligence. Oh yeah, that's a pass, 42. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is password protected. A lot of files. But you do see some files that exist in regards to two items of interest to you. One of them is the crystal. The other thing of interest is mention of the reverb. The drug has been broken down and analyzed and its chemical components have been listed. Okay, I'll take both of those. Um, And you said those are the only ones that I have easy access to. Yeah, otherwise, Everything else seems to be very heavily fortified with passwords. You know, you can't even open programs with with without you know having passwords and stuff. Okay, I think that's that's enough. Meanwhile, outside, um, Doctor Hooks has approached Doctor Thornbill and said, um, d- "Do you recognize this woman? She was on the tarmac and she's saying that she knows me, but I don't know her, and I'm I feel threatened right now." She's gesturing to you, Tuck. Dr. Thornbill says, she's kind of, Thornbill turns to you, Hyde, and says, nice, thank you. Okay, um, Agent Tuck, is it? Yes. Okay, can we kind of leave uh, uh, Dr. Hooks to go back to her work? It's very important, and you can discuss any issues with me. Sure, I'll turn to Dr. Hooks and I'll say, I'm really sorry for making you uncomfortable. I, you looked like someone I knew, and I wanted answers, and I'm very sorry. She just, you know, kind of awkwardly looks at uh, Thornbill and nods and returns to her room. The three of you are led back by Thornbill into that room where Merit and Warp are in. Warp, you have an open desktop. Are you just going to sit there? What are you doing? No, quickly just shutting the whole thing down um, and, like, scooting the chair, making it look like, actually... She's gonna, she's gonna shut everything down, um, stand behind the chair, and like scoot the chair towards Merritt, so it looks like she was offering him the chair. Yeah. I'll sit down right as they're they're coming through and like prop up the crutch right in front of the desktop. Oh, I see. So so real quick, I need you to make a computer science roll to like definitively get back to where you were. Oh boy. Oh boy. God bless. Okay. 37 out of 40. Damn. Yeah! You you alt-tab, command-tab your way back to where you found it, and sure enough, you offer Merit the seat, and he sits just as the three are walking in. Uh, Okay, well, uh, I'd love to formally meet everyone. Hi, my name is Dr. Thornbill. Hi, I'm Agent Tuck. 
Merit, Warp. Hi. Uh, and, and okay, Merit, yeah, nice to meet you. Um, so, Tuck, could you be a little bit more specific about what is going on right now with, uh, with Dr. Hooks? I, I worked a case with Agent Hooks in 2017 in Meadowbrook, New Jersey, and at the conclusion of that case, Agent Halo signed a book and disappeared in front of my eyes. And now she's here working for you. That's not coincidence. That's not nothing. I, um, certainly doesn't sound like coincidence. Um, she doesn't seem to have any memory of you, though. No, not me, not Meadowbrook, not the name Halo. Nothing. I, I know that March has, had been trying to scout her even before that date that you just gave me. You know, we interviewed her. Nothing really happened. And then she contacted us back, said that she was interested. Well, a little bit after, about a month after that date you've just given me. She was an amazing uh, anthropologist and scientist, and we thought it would be great to have her on. And she's been doing a great job since. If we asked how amicable would uh, March Technologies be to uh, relinquishing any information you have on Dr. Hooks and her previous employment with your company? She's an employee of mine. I, I'm not going to relinquish anything without either proof that there's something wrong or a warrant. There's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. She just, she was gone. Gone. Just... I, I, I admit that it's a very strange story, but... It's... Agent Tuck, what you're suggesting is quite um, dangerous. This this woman you're suggesting could potentially be some kind of plant or something. I, I certainly don't want that, but I can't do anything unless you can prove to me that there's something beyond just a, 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 a an occurrence, a, a, a coincidence that she looks like someone you knew. Okay. It's, I understand. I'm, my frustration is not with you, Dr. Thornbill. It is with the situation, and I apologize for coming across that my frustration is towards you. This is just a lot of, a lot more unanswered questions. That's, that's all. Well, I, I, I will certainly try to monitor this. Um... To be fair, I don't know what happens to people after they sign the book. So any information I could give you about what to look out for would be entirely useless. I mean, the book was mentioned in that case file as well. Yes. Thank you for bringing me to this attention. I will... I'll do some digging, and if I do find something alarming, perhaps I can bring it up to you as a, a gesture of good faith between us. And she's kind of looking at Hyde like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I give, like, I give, like, Doc a side eye, but I've been, like, staring at Tuck this entire time. Um, do I believe the doctor? You can make a human intelligence roll, but specify for me what it is you're trying to believe. Do I believe that she has no knowledge of any of this? Okay. That is a 20. That is a success. You do get the sense that she is quite confused, but her language does change to an agreeable one of, okay, if this is real, I'm willing to look into it more, but you're asking someone to take a lot of faith on very little evidence other than anecdotal. So she, she, she does seem amenable and she doesn't seem like she's resisting or really hiding anything from you uh, regarding this. Sure. Are, are, is, you, is the entire team together? You brought the other ones? Yeah, they're out with the, they're out with the boys. Well, this is the bone I thought maybe we could throw each other. I'm going to level with you all. The insider inside the, uh, 
the Long Island Police Department said that they found a a gray polymer, a liquid gray polymer at both murder scenes. I'm already starting to suspect, especially if we're getting calls about this, that this is something we're going to look into. But I don't want whoever I send to end up like those bodies. So I was thinking this morning, that crystal, we've experimented with it. It enhances cognition of the user. We have a theory that hypergeometry would be easier used with it. Additionally, we still have doses of the drug. I think you refer to it as reverb. According to those case files, that drug has the ability to allow the user to see things. I know this is a crazy idea, but that's what we here at March do is bring the crazy to reality. I want to see if you guys would give me permission to dose Agent Samael, to let him have the crystal, and to see if he can figure out the killer. It, it would save me men, it would save lives. We could bring this all to a close much quicker, I believe. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What do you mean? You can't make that decision for him, Merritt. This isn't our mission directive, Hyde. You've been so about mission directive lately, this isn't mission directive. You want to dose the people that we're in charge of with drugs that we have not experimented with fully enough to understand, just told to you by the person you swore is your confidant. And you want me to give that to a fellow agent and expect that to go well? A fellow agent who has experience with the drug. We've read the case file. We have a better understanding. We've done our research regarding how to properly use this drug. If He's can... used that drug once. That's not that much experience. It is ridiculous that you would insinuate this as a proper plan. And who are you, not even of our program, to say that in front of us? I figure that you would be supportive of it, considering that it could save people's lives. Think of the applications. There's a monster attached to it as well. Did you not read that part of the case file? If, we in, if we're looking for one mar monster, we're going to find another one, certainly. She kind of starts to straighten up a little bit, almost like you're testing her patience, and she says, I'd like to speak to Agent Samael himself and let him decide. Who do you have doing the casework behind this information? Myself and Dr. Hooks. Right. <laughs> I don't think we have to concern Samael with this, but he has a right to know, and he can tell you no himself. You know he's not going to tell her no. Well, we can have a discussion with it about it as a, as a team, but I agree, Tuck. This can't be done. Yeah. Cutting back to Samael and Boomer. Samael, uh, make a... I think maybe an intelligence? Yeah, can I try to count the cards? Um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just make an intelligence times five roll. Let's see how you do. Pass. 44. You are able to count the cards and you are able to get a handle on how everyone's doing, what the hands are. That's right. Uh, we'll say you're, you're up $200. <laughs> uh, much to the chagrin of the rest of the pilots. It's all fun and games until you start losing. Actually, yeah, I've been playing too. Oh yeah, okay, so then why don't you, uh, just to see how you're doing in, in the cards. Uh, may, I, may I roll a mathematics check? <laughs> are you that? also trying to read the cards? <laughs> yeah, why not? Count the cards? Yeah. Wow, so you, you both at the same time without <laughs> saying it. Besides <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Go ahead and make a mathematics roll. It's technically not cheating. It's technically just being smart. Oh, is that what we're going to call it? That's Samuel's whole philosophy right there. Oh, I passed. No, my mathematics is like an 80, so yeah. I'm going to pass 50-52. <laughs> 
All right, I rolled a, a critical failure, so the team has not noticed, but they are quite pissed that they are all collectively losing money uh, to these newcomers. And it's around that time that Tuck, Warp, Hyde, and Dr. Thornbill and Agent Merritt come into the hangar. Question. During this time, even though we've been... Is there a way that we could have just been, like, casually... I, I, wanna, I really wanted to ask them just, like, any stories on Hyde in particular. Oh, sure. <laughs> no! Smart, smart, no! Yes, yes, yes! Green search. What are you, what are you asking them? I, it's not... I'm not going to ask so into it. I'd be like... Oh man, we just came out of this crazy situation, and like you know, pilot, crazy. Like it was so funny. We had it like this tight airway, and she fixed it out. Did you guys like? But she like obviously made fun of us and embarrassed us because I got scared of heights. Do you have any like fun? Like what else has Hyde done? I want to shoot the shit. You got any embarrassing drunk stories? What do you got? No worry, I'm not gonna. No, I just want some. (laughs) Make a persuasion roll. Hopefully, this is. This is before they started losing. So narky. <laughs> oh, it's not gonna. Oh, my persuade is like shit. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't pass. I have a 79 on persuade. I mean, I failed. They have mostly silly stories about high drinking too much and how they prefer when she's drunk and um, kind of like on base stories. You get the impression, though, that. These guys don't necessarily deal with the same thing that you do. That Maybe they pick up things, but they're not the ones handling it. You get the impression that they're a little out of the loop. Hyde is a special case. Dr. Thornbill is a special case in terms of knowing what it is you do. These guys are just uh, uh, pararescue units and helicopter pilots. They seem to be unaware of the bigger picture here. Did I get at least one embarrassing, really particular fact during her drunk nights? I'll message you I'll message you something later in a second. Yeah, let me think about it. Okay. Whatever that is, I now know. <laughs> the problem is, Boomer, that when you see the, uh, the new group coming back into the room, the tension is immediately obvious. There's something about them that they all seem very kind of tight-lipped about. Uh, but Dr. Thornbill comes by, the men, Hey, Doc, how you doing, Doc? And she's just kind of turns to Samael and says, uh, Agent Samael, could I speak to you? Oh, me. Interesting. Sure. Nice playing with you boys. And I'll just, uh, <laughs> like, kind of rake in my winnings and and walk. Uh, I'll, I'll follow the doctor. Agent Boomer, uh, do you mind coming with us as well? Yeah, sure. Boys, it has been a lot of fun. I'm going to take my winnings pocket that out and I'll leave like $20 on there and be like, have here just to start the next pot. <laughs> they are quite sour faced. but oh, they, I know. That's kind of why I did it. Yeah. One of them <laughs> is even like, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to go take a shit. Like <laughs> you are all led to a kind of private meeting room. There's a long table in the middle and you kind of all get around and Dr. Thornbill fills you in on the situation. She believes using the assets that you recovered in Michigan, a, a, a murderer and a potential series of murders can be thwarted if Samael participates in an experiment. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea, right? Who's to, but that's a bad idea. Thank you. Why? We have a, we have a facility where we can monitor him. We can, that hold up, is hold a up, bad stop, idea. stop, 
Boomer, shut up for a second. You shut up. Oh, motherfucker, no. Don't tell me to shut up. Oh, I'll do it. Samael, can we at least have a discussion as a group as to what our direction should be? What's there to discuss? We're here. They got it all set up. This is what we do. I'll do it. No, that no, no, darling. We research. That's what we do. There are some incidentals, Samael. I'm just asking for you to at least give us the opportunity to sway you the other way. I will be waiting outside, and and Dr. Thornbill takes a step outside the room. You know my day job is to help people, right? I absolutely do. You understand I can't say no, right? Wait, you're Catholic. Isn't that meaning, like, you can't commit suicide? Because that is exactly what you are doing, by the way. You know, uh, it's funny, um... I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. He hold that puta, what? <laughs> Samuel, listen, you told me that you knew someone that had a vested interest in this case, correct? I did. Because I trusted you that we could handle this together. I'm asking you to trust me in this moment in telling you that if you accept this, this is no longer us in control. This is no longer us deciding what lives and what dies, what happens. I'm just asking you, Samael, to hear me when I say that we are much more powerful with what we know than what we do not, and I do not want to see you do this. Well, it seems to me that they have everything pretty well under wraps. The last time it was not a controlled environment. This is a controlled environment, so you'll forgive me if I don't see the problem. I'm accepting the danger personally, no one else is going to be harmed by it. And potentially, we'll stop a killer. I'll stop a killer. That sounds like a good deal to me. There's another danger, though. What's that? We've already told Mallory about this case. And if I call her back hours later and say, hey, never mind, just kidding, we're taking care of it after I already told her that it's not safe for us to take this case, people like Catherine Oaks are going to know. But we're not taking the case. We... Not directly. We are... We are directly taking the case. This is I'm just giving an assist. This is this is why they brought me in. They brought me in to do stuff like this. We would be operating with an organization that is not a part of our program. They work with the program. You said we know for a fact it's a subsidiary of the program. And Mallory informed us that it has nothing to do with what we are here to do. We don't work for March Technologies. I'm not saying it's a part of the perennial mission. I'm saying why we're here. While we're here, if I can stop some more people from getting killed, I'm going to do that. Okay, well... And you guys, you guys, you guys can do what you got to do. You can go, you can go about the rest of your day. But if I have the opportunity to stay here for a couple hours and help somebody out, that's what I'm going to do. You are our responsibility. That's what we are supposed to do as security agents is keep you safe. Well, the actual directive is us to maintain the information. Safety is not a priority. Also, Samuel, this is setting a, a precedent that they can just ask us to take or mess with whatever weird stuff that we find to solve whatever mysteries they want. Reverb is not as bad as this program can get, but think about the weird things that we have yet to find or the weird things we just don't know about yet. If they find it relevant to any mission, by saying yes to this, there is a precedent that they can use it and have their agents use it, or even associates. Like like Merritt said, we don't work for them. Just not for us, but for future researchers, you're putting them at risk. It's not fun being bait. 
But this is the point of March Industries. Mallory had us turn over these items to the dock, which means that Mallory is fully aware that this stuff is being correlated with March Industries. But we are not March Industries. This is not Mission Directive. You were so on about Mission Directive earlier. Yeah, but this is also circumstantial. So I'm, I don't know. Let me, let me backtrack. So the stuff that happened in Cicadia, you're just going to say that you did, you jumping in was not against, was against Mission Directive, but you did it anyways. So what the fuck? It was absolutely a part of Mission Directive. Warp was in danger. We were held in Cicada. If we had died in Cicada, I could not be here to tell Samael that I, I need him to say no. I think if anyone is going against Mission Directive, it is you, Hyde. You who will blatantly allow your prerogative, your subject, the person you are supposed to protect, to walk in blindly to something we cannot control. It's in a controlled environment, as far as I can, as far as I'm being told. This is a controlled environment. The doc told us all in that room that they do not understand what it does yet. They are going to send somebody anyways. Let it be someone else. So other people's lives don't matter. Just ML's. We don't even understand how it helps yet. There's no evidence that this can actually solve the crime, that Samael could find it this way. What if they've shown us that it works? They can't because he's the only one. And that's the point. I'm the only one that can do this. Now I've made my decision. You guys need to make yours. You either let me do it or you drag me out of here kicking and screaming. What's it going to be? I would just like to state for the record this has been an ongoing thing where you've put your needs and wants of potential saviorhood in front of the actual dangers of this group. If you choose to do this, I am going to go sit my ass in that fucking car away from this because I will not be near another. I will not be near that thing again. And you do not come back to this car until that thing is whatever. You cannot come back attached, possessed, somewhat possessed. I don't know how this works. I've seen some weird shit. I'm serious. Tuck, Merritt, Hyde, whatever. He does not come back unless he is actually Samuel. Near what thing? What do you think is what do you think is going to happen to me? What do you think? Like, no, where, I'm sorry. How can you not, you're taking this so cavalier. This is why I don't trust you to make this decision. I don't give a shit if I die. Oh, I know that. Cause you would rather sack, cause I know you're suicidal. Everyone figured that out within the first five minutes, buddy. You're suicidal. I get it. So you're looking for a way to kill yourself by not actually doing it. <sighs> we're off base. We're, we're dissolving again. We need to find. But Merritt, he's already made his mind. Look, he, did you, are you, you're going to do it, right? He's already said. Hyde, are you going to allow him? <laughs> I can't stop Sam L even if I wanted to. Well, no, that's not true, but... I mean, I could physically pick you up, Sam, but you have made it very clear that your choices are your choices. Merritt, you can't stop him. You're hurt, and Tuck can only do so much. Not that I know you can kick ass, I get it, but if Hyde, you get where I'm going. In other security... You guys wanted to come... Look, look, you guys wanted to come here. I didn't want to bring you here. I just wanted to handle my business and move on with my day. But you decided Your to come- Your business affects the rest of us. No, it doesn't. None of this affects you. <laughs> oh? What? I'm sorry, do you see the case? 
But you know what? If I decided to show up by myself and this was offered to me, maybe we would have been able to handle this outside of the facility. But you have now brought all of yourselves here, and now we have to make a decision right here and right now. You are continuing to put us in position because of your selfish needs. You're talking about my prerogatives? What about your prerogatives? We're here because and you brought all of us along because you wanted answers about something that you didn't get and you can't even offer and extend a little bit of trust to me so that I can give you what you fucking want. You tried to keep information from us. Why the hell would I trust you after that? Because I don't like to just spout off willy-nilly unless I understand something that is going on. And as far as I know, That's I don't have- That's why we're a team. We have information to keep- to help But you don't other. have the information for me, Tuck. I have no way to get there. You don't know that! You, I definitely okay. do, Tuck. I very, very so much Time do. out. Time out. Agent Warp. While we were inside, we went through a desktop searching for information. Are you shitting me? Please tell me that there is something on that drive that might give some credence to what we're doing here so that we can make a decision as a team. I need one night. There probably is. Huge chance that there is, but I I don't know if it'll change the decision. I, I need to go over it first. This shouldn't even be something we're entertaining, but we're here now. So we give Warp a night. I can, I can obviously help. Maybe that'll help Great. expedite things faster. I will share my files with you, Boomer. Do you think the doc will take that, Hyde? Probably. Great. Then why don't you go talk to her? You know what? I will. I will go talk to her. Samael, does that work with you? Hyde steps out of the room. Um, Hyde, you can see that the doctor is on the phone. And as you approach, she finishes the conversation and hangs up and says, Has a decision been made? Ah, uh, they want a day. Do you, can I get one? <sighs> they don't trust you, Doc. I was worried about that, which is why I made a phone call. Mm. Tuck, your phone rings. Fuck. Answer it. Your burner phone rings and you pick it up. Yep. Hello? Agent Mallory is on the other line, and you spoke to her just maybe an hour or so ago, and she seemed in okay spirits. You recall the way that you felt after that interrogation, and you get the same feeling from her, like she was just grilled. And she says to you, I know I said one thing earlier, but I need you to let Semiel do the experiment and just move on afterwards. <laughs> if you'd like, you can leave him behind. No, we're not leaving anyone behind. I'm sorry. This is, this no. is above me. This is what I assumed your phone call was going to be, honestly. <sighs> can I ask who handed this down, or is that above my pay grade? Make a persuasion roll. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even need to look at my sheet. I failed it. Ah, oh, shit. I've... You can hear the trembling in her voice 
and she's just like, uh, please just let him do it, and then you can go on. I don't want to get yelled at again. Understood. Thank you. Players, I want to remind you that you have total agency as your characters, and you can ignore this directive from Agent Mallory. But nonetheless, you have... It seems that you have been told to follow through. Who was on the phone? <sighs> Who do you think? I'm gonna come back in the building or <laughs> in the room. What'd she say? I want to lie to you guys so bad. In the interest of honesty, though, and trust, Agent Mallory has called and told me that we are to go through with Dr. Thornbill's plan and allow Samuel to. What? It's an order. Well, there you go. Now, then, not tomorrow. Samuel, it's your it's your mind and your body, so I guess it's really down to what you think you can do, I guess. If it's gotta be now, it's gotta be now. The longer we wait, the longer someone else can get hurt. Then no. I'm gonna, like, take this kind of, like, because I do have a couple rings on my finger. I'm gonna take a pinking ring I have, and I'm gonna send it, I'm gonna slide it over to Samuel, and it'll be like... Just, if you get stuck, just look, just think circles. That's what I'm just gonna do, like, just so he can have a tangible circle thing. Slide it over him. Thank you. Tuck. What's up? Um, just in case something happens, I'm gonna reach into my coat, pull out a little fold of paper that I wrote, um, Dr. Bauer's information on. Um, I don't know anything about this dark man guy you asked me to look into, but I found you the name of a guy that does. If something happens to me, you just go ahead and give them a call. Samuel, I wasn't trying to take away your agency. I just... Water under the bridge. Be careful. You know me. That's why I said it. (laughs) Uh, Samuel, Hyde, and I assume Merritt step out to where Thornbill is waiting for you. And she says, uh, well, uh, Agent Samuel, has a decision been reached? I'm going to help you out. Excellent. I assure you, we are ready. We have a room waiting, and this is going to save many lives. L- please follow me. Mm, Tuck, did you... Yeah, let me talk to you real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull her off to the side. Um... And I'm going to get the box, the 97 box, out of the Corolla. And I'm going to say, okay. I just need you to read and see if I'm making connections that you see. Copy. Okay. Uh, this is, um, mine. Yours? Yeah. Okay, definitely. Okay. You'll get it when you read it. Um... But just if it's if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm making things up, then we can ignore it and I can just take it home again. And it doesn't matter. It, it does matter. Say no more, because uh, I don't want you to accidentally uh, act, sub- taint anything that I could misinterpret. So let me just. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I won't say anything more. Um, also, if anything happens to me, you know, my wife just. And I'm. I know what to do. Yep. 
Boomer, I will share with you the files that uh, Tuck gives you. Okay. I assume you guys can maybe stay in that room while you start looking these over. Uh, Samael, Hyde, and Merritt, she leads the three of you back to the facility. It's now about 3.30ish. You go in and you are led into a kind of larger space that is circular. It's this kind of round room. And in the middle of this room is a smaller closed off room, again, circular in nature, that is padded and has a comfortable looking chair inside of it. Dr. Thornbill goes over once again the plan, which is that they are going to dose you with reverb, a single pill, and they are going to ask you to hold the crystal. The idea is that as you are beginning to feel the effects of the drug, you are to meditate on cylindrical things or nothing at all. And the hope is, is that you will be able to break through. Once you have done that, you are to concentrate as best as you can on the murders occurring on Long Island and to set your intention to try to find the assailant or the next victim or anything that you can interpret from your visions. Understood. Speaking of which, um, I'll make sure the pull uh, that my um, cross that I've carved the elder sign into the center of is hanging loose. So that's plainly visible. You do that and uh, hide merit. You are placed in this main room and Semiel's placed into the smaller chamber. And you can see that they have monitorings. They are placing heart monitors on him. They have uh, EKG meters uh, on his temples. He is fully decked out and they can see everything going on internally about him. I just wanted to say something to Merit as they're like setting Samel up. I'm just kind of still watching Samel, but I am going to tell him the day Samel took that reverb was the day he no longer had a choice in a matter that there was going to be eventually a time that they were going to ask him. We just brought him straight here for it. And then I'll look over at him and then look back. I think I understand what you mean. I'm sorry I fought so hard for it. But you understand, right? He's the reason you and I are here. Hide. This is a professional curiosity and a personal concern. If you felt compromised, like someone who had taken reverb or done something that they can't look at, would you tell me? Uh, fuck. Um, yeah. I, I look at him just plain in the eye and said, yeah, I would. And that's all I need. Human intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe you. Do I believe them? Um, <laughs> it, it, you can make a human intelligence yeah. check yeah. and hide. Let me ask you to make a... Um, a persuasion, perhaps? Deception. <laughs> I think you could invent a deception. <laughs> per so persuade? I, th I think if... Yeah, either that or a... Uh, a charisma check. My human intelligence was a 29. This is all bad either way. Charisma, persuasion. <laughs> nope, I failed. Uh, with a 56 out of 20. Agent Merritt, you can't put your finger on it, but there is something that Hyde is hiding from you. Let's just focus on making sure he comes out of this one. Eventually, they bring uh, two small white Dixie cups. One of them has a familiar off-white pill, 
and the other one has a little bit of water. You know, I gotta say, I'm not sad about having to do this again. It was very interesting. <laughs> the person dosing you smiles at the response. In fact, it's Dr. Hooks, actually, so she's she finds you amusing. And she kind of looks at you and says, I hope you make it out. Well, uh... Practice makes perfect. Just try to concentrate and do what the doctor said, and you should be okay. I have full confidence. She places her hand on your hand and touches you, and then uh, are you... How are you taking the reverb? Uh, quickly. Are you are you using the water, or are you just kind of swallowing it? Oh, are you kidding me? Samuel doesn't need water to take a pill. He washes it down with whiskey. Gotcha. <laughs> they give it to you. You pop it in your mouth. Um, another assistant walks in. They have a little brown wooden box. They open it, and the crystal is inside. And they say, please, if you wouldn't mind taking it. Just grab it. As soon as you touch it, that familiar feeling of suddenly feeling a little more awake, a little more cool, a little more enjoying the situation. The two assistants walk out and they close the door into this chamber. There is uh, a monitor that can show Samael's face and you are watching him. Samael, what are you doing in the first few minutes? As amused as I am right now, I'm trying to just take deep breaths. Um, I'm, it's a pill, so I'm assuming it's going to take about 20 or 30 to 30 minutes to hit proper. So I'm just trying to keep myself as calm um, as possible and thinking about circles um, and domes specifically. Um, I think the image that's the most familiar to me is going to be the um, vaulted ceiling of St. Patrick's Cathedral in which I've spent quite a bit of time. So I would like to, uh, as much as I can, put myself physically in that space um, and I will just calmly wait for the effects to wash over me. As you're holding this crystal, I'd like mechanically for you to understand that your power score is going to increase by five. So I believe your power score is 12, am I correct? Yes, it is. Okay, it is going to become 17. What? Holy which shit! Me he has <laughs> which means you are going to have an 85 in your power score. Okay. <gasps> I have the power! Awesome. But sure enough, after 20 or 30 minutes, the effects begin to kick in just as before. The The more immediate thing is that feeling that the MDA gives you, the happy, uh, uh, giggly, good feeling. And the visuals are not really starting. It's more of the body high, but you concentrate and you're concentrating on these circles or you're concentrating on this vaulted ceiling. With your power score, I'd like you to make a power times five roll. Eighty-four out of eighty-five. Whoa! Oh my god! My god. god damn it! Jesus, god damn it. Aaron! Jesus, Aaron! I will now roll for the Preda. Oh, game! Yeah, you say it like he's in the room. God damn it! <laughs> Had enough of him. Agent Samael, you are concentrating on the circles. There's really no sound. It's it's very nicely soundproofed in here, and and, and you, you know you can kind of hear your own breathing. And as you get high, it's even more kind of you're even more conscientious of it. 
And it sounds like in the distance, there's this... The sound of a broken window. Circles, circles, circles and domes. And it it feels more than it sounds, but it feels like something is just kind of circling out of your periphery. This low rumbling sound. As much as I can, I will um, try to ignore it and stay focused on my task at hand, which is to um, think about circles and domes. The Predator rolled a 75, which is lower than your, uh, what was it, 84? Mm -hmm. So you are able to concentrate on this ceiling, and what happens is, is that the sound eventually is almost overtaken by the vision. You know, you see the cathedral ceiling and it becomes like this impossibly complex shape where, you know, you can look and there's hundreds and hundreds of fractals and it's just becoming so powerful. And you realize that this image of a dome is now like a, like a ward over you, protecting you. And your high power score has protected you from outside forces. And it's at this time that the visions start to kick in. It's difficult because just as before, things that you're not even thinking of begin racing to the front of your of your third eye, you know, being able to see visions of the past, of an ancient past. What are you doing as these visions begin to hit you? I'm going to start trying to replay the news reports in my mind. Um, and also, um, I will try to mentally revisit every detail of the confessional that I received. Um, I can't remember if it was this morning or the previous day. I think, I think it was yesterday morning, and I'll just try to go over every detail, everything I saw in the news report, every, you know, I'll think about that Glenridge High School. I'll specifically go over the names of the victims. So Carl Moretti, uh, he's a dentist. He was found in Peconic Park, uh, Vanessa Van Hunt, Glenridge High School librarian. And I'll also try to feel some empathy um, with the, the, the children that would have um, found her, presumably. You begin to think on these things and... You know, your, your mind is kind of going back and forth between kind of random visions, then you bring yourself back with your concentration to what you're trying to pay attention to. And you're not seeing the murders, you're seeing the aftermath, you're seeing the police tape, you're seeing the, the body and how gruesome it has been left uh, of these two victims. And suddenly you flash to a, a place, it's nighttime, and you see big building it's it's like a mansion that is lit up from outside and your your incorporeal self just kind of floats into this building and you can see that there is this party going on men and women beer drinking music the the smell of of sex and hormones is in the air scantily clad women some of them nude dancing and coaxing these men for money. You float through the home and eventually come out to this backyard with a beautiful, lavish pool. And you float past over the pool into the woods that kind of surround this mansion. And there is a single man alone smoking a cigar. He's overlooking the view of the, of the forest. He looks kind of like he might be related to some of the men inside. 
dark hair, balding at the top. But you notice a noise, a kind of clicking sound, and your mind's eye looks up into the tree line. And above the man, you can see the waxing crescent moon. And it is silhouetting some kind of thing. Massive. Bulky. Its extremities seem sharp and serrated like a mantis. It has one wing, and then two wings, and then a third wing, kind of unfolding. And it's making this clicking sound. And just as the man kind of notices and hears and looks up, this thing leaps at him and crushes him instantly. Just just literally, like, his body just gets crumpled by the weight of this massive creature. It swoops him up and with these three wings flies back up into the tree line. And at this point, your vision is getting clouded and it's difficult to see, but you can hear the crunching of the bones, the splitting of the flesh, and, and you can see the spine and the skull being peeled out from the back of this man's body like a, like a pistachio with no effort whatsoever. And this long, black, unnatural tongue comes out of this creature and begins kind of sucking up the spinal and skull fluid that it can find. I'd like you to make a power roll for me. Just straight power, power times Power five. times five with your plus five to it. So you're at 85. One. Wow. Ooh. This is all a lot to take in, and I will say that Merit and Hyde and Warp, you can see Samael seems to be struggling with something. He's tossing his head back and forth. Um, the heart rate seems to be elevated. He is reacting to something. None of the the uh, scientists, including Thornbill and Hooks, are freaking out, but they are certainly monitoring and paying attention to what's happening. Agent Samael, you suddenly begin to see flashes of other things, things that are not in this place, but somehow feel connected. You see a boy tossing and turning in bed, a teenager. Not a particularly attractive boy, but he lacks the acne which plagues most teens. His stature seems small, awkward. He doesn't look like a jock. He sleeps shirtless, and you notice as he tosses and turns, Almost in reacting to every time this man's body is torn apart again, he re- kind of jerks and reacts to it. Bobbing back and forth on his chest is a necklace with some kind of amulet around his neck. You just feel that there's something important about this, and you zoom in on his chest, and you can see that it is a clay amulet that depicts two intertwined figures, one human and one a beast with wings. You are pulled out of this vision because the body that has been mutilated by this creature is suddenly released and falls to the ground with a sickening splat. And your third eye sort of is looking upside down as as if you were in the body. And you see a group of people run up to the body. Most of them, in horror, scream and run back into the house. One of them catches your eye. It's Tony from the hive. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And I need you to make a sanity check, please. Tony. Yep. (laughs) Four. 
That's a success. Rolling like rolling like crazy. Uh, you are going to only lose one sanity. But explain to me what this experience looks like and how you come out of it. I think Sam Samuel thinks that that's the party that he's invited to tonight. And I would imagine you 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 know you probably awaken knowing that you need to tell someone about this, right? And I, I, yeah, when I, when I wake up, I'm screaming, I was right. I was right about everything, everything. I was right about everything. They begin speaking to you through a, a speaker. They do not immediately release you. And they try to ask you as lucid, you know, as best as you can to describe what you're seeing. And do you describe everything you're seeing to them? Yes. And I tell them specifically that I think I, I think I have the address of where it's going to happen tonight. Um... And that I am personally connected to um, one of the witnesses. I take as many notes as possible as he's retelling. And I make sure to specifically describe the boy and the amulet with as much detail as I can. Do you tell them that you may have spoken to this boy via confessional? Um, I cannot tell them that, so I don't. Eventually, Thornbill comes over to you, uh, Hyde and Merit and Warp, and she says... I would consider the success. We're going to give him something to bring to break him out of it. And she names a, you know, a, a chemical that is often used to kind of break, you know, the effects of LSD or whatever. But we're done with the experiment. As soon as he goes back to normal and we think that he's he's safe, you're welcome to just go. You're going to send a you're going to deploy another team or do you need us to handle it? As you stated, you guys have other directives that I don't want to get in the middle of. I just needed him for this. I can put out another team. Especially now that we know where we can go. We've got the address. We'll just shut that party down tonight and scope the area out. In fact, we'll, we'll probably put an APB on this gentleman in particular. An APB on the boy? No. Uh, well, that we do need to figure out, as Samael has insinuated there's some kind of connection between a medallion he has or something. I'm talking about the man that's going to be attacked. We want to know why he's going to be attacked and how we can possibly stop it in the future. I understand. Thank you for complying. Don't thank us. Thank Mallory. Samael, they are they eventually come into the chamber and they give you a, another pill uh, that when you take it, after about 10-15 minutes, the, the effect very quickly begins to fizzle away and you are no longer seeing things, you are no longer feeling things, and after about 10-15 minutes, you're kind of back to reality. Um, I'll, who's in the room with me? Is Hooks or... Yeah, I think, I think everyone is in here except, uh, Boomer and... Yeah. And Tuck. I'll, um, I'll either grab Thornbill or Hooks, um, by the arm and say, listen, you don't make anyone do that ever that's not willing to die. You understand me? Never. You put a soldier in this chair next time. Do you understand me? I understand you. And I appreciate your, uh... Your commitment to helping. I think you've done a lot of good here. No problem. Happy to help. Let's get back to Tuck and Boomer. So Boomer, you've had some time to read through everything that Tuck has given you. Does anything stand out? Do you want to say anything to Tuck? I know it says in the file that you didn't really remember from that night. Is there anything in particular you can tell me? Um, I really don't remember much of anything dude with the weird arm hair and um the necklace right you said he had 
Well, that's what it's. I right. didn't. I didn't see the necklace. Someone else did. I. I don't. I don't know what he was wearing. I don't know what he looked like. I just know that he was there. And then she was. And then she was crying and screaming. And were you both like asleep? I don't. I don't know. I just. We were. I. I. I don't remember anything. We went to bed and. And then, and then, and then we just were awake, and he had both of us, and she was, Mm -hmm. and then I was somewhere else, (laughs) I was bleeding, and that, that, that part isn't the most important part, it's the, it's the, the guy, the, I know, that's why I'm trying to, the reason why is, um, what I'll do in the meantime, while uploading, I can go ahead and start examining other files that were uploaded, see if anything's connected on that. Yeah, no, it's... I... He... He's shown up three times. Three times? Meadowbrook. 84. Unless unless I'm making connections where there aren't any, which I could be. No, no, that's... Okay. Yeah. No, you're... Uh, that is very... Fuck. Yeah. Um... I, I don't know if it's the same. I don't know if it's connected, which is why I took it to you before I took it to the rest of them. Because Lord knows I've been an emotional reactor lately, and I'm... And, uh, Halo. Halo. <laughs> Question. She's not... She doesn't know anything. Not me. Not Meadowbrook. Not the book. Not Buffington. Not any of the things we did. Nothing. Did they say how she ended up here? Or is it just like they were scouting her before we were in Meadowbrook, and then, and then after she called, she's she was brilliant, you know that, and yeah, I know that's what I'm trying to like. Did they pull her out? Is that how? Is that why? That's where like they don't know anything. They just said she called. No, they know something. They know something. Uh, They're just not telling you. Yeah, that's it, really. I just if you think there's a connection there, we'll take it to the group at some point. If you don't, we'll forget. I we'll forget. We'll forget we had this conversation, and I. Uh, no, 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 no. I think you're on the right path. I, I, I can't. It, it makes sense. It, it makes too much sense, and it scares the shit out of me thinking about. Yeah. Too many things are lining up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see anything in the files, I will. I, 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 what I can do is I can again, make other untraceable copies and try to at least I don't want to I don't want to keep it from them we already have too much distrust going in the group so yeah because think of it this way if it's connected then we better know what it is exactly yeah so as soon as as soon as we can talk to them about it I guess I don't I don't want to keep it a secret I don't I only brought it to you because I wanted to make sure I wasn't you're not crazy no 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 (laughs) yeah okay thanks do you think they're done in there? Somebody make a quick sanity test for me, please. <laughs> a Ooh, quick another one. one. Just a little <laughs> quick one. Just a little one. We're about um, to get in the car, so sanity check before we leave. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Okay, so I roll a I roll a thirty and a zero, which is thirty or forty. Just thirty. Okay. Uh, th- that's a success, right, Sam? Yes. Okay. Sam, at the end of the test, the drug wears off, and uh, a assistant comes up to you and says. Could I please have the crystal? And you put your hand out, and sure enough, this time you are able to drop it into the box. You guys, you guys know that um, that thing has magnetic properties. If you understand what I mean, right? We are very aware of it, and your experimentation with it has helped us greatly in understanding it. Glad to hear it. 
you're talking to Dr. Hooks at the moment, and um, she says, uh, well, uh, Agent Samuel, I hope to see you around. Do you live in the city? Um, I live in Manhattan. Oh, I'm not far from there. Maybe one day we can have some coffee or something together. Anytime. I'd like that. Good luck. I'll see you around. Why? <laughs> you all step out. Is there anything left you need to speak to Thornbill about, Hyde, or any of the others? Um, yeah, let me let me say goodbye to, to Doc really quick. Make sure I'm on the same page. Look, I owe you a big time for doing this. I appreciate it. I just want you to know you have someone on this side, and hopefully I have someone on that side, right? Yeah. You threw a bone, I'll throw a bone. If you find anything that puts into perspective who's in charge right now, that would be extremely valuable information. Okay. I have one more question for you. Sure. Since the nomads run for March Industries, I assume you have files on every pilot. What's in my file? We have uh, some reports about uh, your experiences in Afghanistan. Hmm. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Who has access to that outside of you? I mean, hell, if uh, if this secret server is as uh, special as you kind of describe it, it might be on there too. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to think. That's fine. That's all I wanted to know. Thank you, Doc. I'll let you know where we're heading. She smiles and, and uh, kind of gestures goodbye, and you all exit the facility. It's now about say maybe five o'clock and the perennial team is reconvened in this uh, this meeting room where Boomer and Tuck are waiting for you guys. Samael seems pretty you know, lucid if not extremely tired and um, a little worn out. Everything go okay, Samael? Um yeah, honestly no problems. Got a little I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was a little hairy, but uh. And you're keeping your mind on on round objects, on domes, on circles. Well, um. Yeah, my understanding is that now that there's no danger. We've heard that before. I just, at least for tonight, for my sake. Sure. Well, if we're done here, are we? Are is everyone okay if we get the? Can we just get out of New York and just go back to what we're supposed to be doing, like California, or just just we I get back on track? I um I think we gotta go to Wyoming. Wyoming. Why Wyoming? We can talk about this. I'll tell you what, let's go back to my place and we'll talk about it there. Sure. You jump in the cars and you make the drive back into Manhattan. Uh, you go inside to the familiar apartment of Samael's, poorly furnished very messy, and you are free to talk. You know those, uh, those Sky Devil things? Okay. The book? I saw one. So... I think I saw one. Let's not do that, then. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Why would we not follow? I mean, come on. I mean, this thing keeps popping up. I mean... That is not... The issue is, is that Samael has a point. What he's saying is inherently connected with 1984 which is inherently connected with Natharlotep, the Lord of Thought and everything we saw in that case meaning that whatever this is happening in New York 
also has to do with whatever is happening in Wyoming. And while we cannot investigate this active investigation, we can see to Wyoming. But you're forgetting the key thing that actually connects every little bit to this. Goes back to the source, a la Daniel Freist. Sure. Hey, listen, Wyoming and, Wyoming and California are a short hop apart. We have a plane. We are closer to Wyoming than we are California. And I think that that should be our next, de- next destination after Wyoming or possibly a lead we have in Kansas. But California... And then we're going to get attacked by some sky devil thing because, again, we're not going... We're literally, even though it's. Hey, we're not talking about we're not talking about hunting hunting one of the things down. We're talking about we're talking about looking into green box. That's it, Boom. We're not we're not going to fight anyone. I am going to a thousand percent say that I think this is not the right way, and I'm going to be very adamant about that. We should literally get back to the source of it because there's so make stuff your that point. they go to California, go to Pendleton. How, how- how is Frice a bigger lead than what we have here? Mallory wants us to go to Frice. Well, that is a very big lead. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I sorry, I kind of forgot in the midst of all the other stuff we were talking about. Mallory wants us to go. She said that the Dio's very happy with or the Dio will be happy with us following up on Frice. So, Hey, one way or the other, I mean, they're a short hop apart, whichever one you want to do first. Uh, also, Merritt, the, the case files you asked for about Fluke and Nancy and all of all of that stuff, uh, those are also now on the server. Perfect. Speaking of which, where the hell is my fob? Right. Oh, can I look for the fob <laughs> while everybody's talking? <laughs> sure. I, and anyone that wants to look for the fob, make a search roll. got an eight i got a 10 listen if we're going to california i'd like to bring up the idea of possibly taking some time off i don't mean forever maybe a week before we go out there or whatever it might be but we've been in a lot of high stress situations and we're about to hop a coast again that's a lot of traveling to be doing and maybe it's best if we take some time to heal you specifically need some time to heal (laughs) I wouldn't be opposed to a self-care day. Hi, Samuel. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm already here. I mean, you're going to really ask me if I want to go home? I'll go home. We've all had our say. Feels like we just got started, but I mean, hell, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been a long, what, two weeks? So some of us have to uh, check in with things they left behind. Well, we'd better clear that up top by assuming that that's okay sure but just so i just am aware of the game plan we take we'll decide on the amount of days and then we all go to california where warp and presumably hide will be at with the plane yes uh if we are breaking then i will take the plane with me and i will uh if warp wants i'll drop warp off in california and then go back where I'm going. Uh, I'll make the call to Mallory and sort of explain the situation and how things went with March Technologies and and request that this can even happen. So, Merritt, you call Mallory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she picks up 
And she sounds exhausted, like she's had a long day as well. Case Handler Mallory, this is Agent Merritt calling you uh, regarding Operation Perennial. Yes, Merritt. Uh, what's, what's the latest? I just wanted to call and inform you that we finished up our uh, project with March Technologies. Am I all right? Yes, he's sitting with us now. He's doing well. He came out of the experiment with flying colors. Uh, He was an exceptional agent in the field and accomplished everything we needed him to. We've been keeping him on bed rest the best we can, which is none concerning Agent Samael. That's how he is. But he has been keeping circles on the brain and doing well. You should commend him. Good. Um, What else is there? We have experienced uh, some undue stress from uh, the decision with March Technologies that I think, uh, combined with my personal injury, has facilitated a need for a break. If you're amenable to the idea, then we could uh, take some time off, and then we plan on making for California to pursue uh, Daniel Frice. There's a pause, and she says, Take a month. I'll get back to you in a few weeks and check in. In the meantime, take as much time as you need. I, I can hear it. You guys need a break. Thank you, Case Sandler. We won't forget this, and we appreciate your can. Let me know if you need anything. I'll be speaking to you. Perfect. We have a month, 30 days. What? That worked. That's four times what we asked. It's what she offered. We must be doing something right. I'm not going to question it, but damn. Although she said something about it being in my voice. Do I sound like I need a break? Mary, you got shot two days ago. Yes, you sound like you need a break. She just sounded like she was overly concerned. You got shot in the femur. Of course people are concerned. It's okay. A month. We have a month. On the 31st day, we will meet back up with our pairings and then fly to California together. I'm going to look at Tuck. I'm going to be like, are you going to, like... Are you going to say anything? I'm going to... Ah, oh, fuck. Look, we can talk about the case that I'm doing in, that I need to do in California now, or we can talk about it later. But if you got something to get off your chest, get it off your chest. Otherwise, no one's forcing you to say anything. I think we all deserve at least a month to prepare ourselves. That's that's actually very fair. It's um okay. Uh, I'm gonna run downstairs and get the box out of the car. Uh and drop the case file like spread out the like whatever paper I have and say okay um, in 1997 two children were taken from a campsite one of them came back Um, she remembers uh, a man taking her and her sister he had um, bristly arm hair and then uh, there were some people who saw who said it was a man in a dark suit tall man in a dark suit tall man in a dark suit um, and that's come up a couple times and the little one didn't come back but the dark the dark man's been around a couple times and I think it warrants a follow up 
you believe this to be Nyarlathotep? Nyarlathotep, Luamanero, uh, the Dark Man, the Lord of Thought. I don't, I don't know where the line ends, but I think, I think it's, I think there's a line there. Now, just so that I can make sure that I understand this completely, mm-hmm. are you? one of the girls in this file. Uh, Did you work the case? Well, you have, clearly you have a connection. Tuck's not going to say anything. She's just going to pull the neck of her shirt to the side, and on her right shoulder, there is a thick, very old scar that goes from the back, stretches up forward over the collarbone, and it's like, it's pretty big. Uh... I was nine. Got it. Um, you don't gotta say anything else if you don't want to. It's my sister, and I don't. Um, he keeps showing up, and I, I just. If he keeps say no more, get it. Yep. We get yep. it. We'll we'll look into it. That's why I asked you about. I'll find out. I I promise you, I'll find out everything that I can. This is good. I think it's best that we investigate that as a group. This month will do us good. And when we come back, we can look at that and Daniel Frice, and we can find some answers for some people who deserve them. So you are all um, able to look at these files. Uh, I believe I've shared them with you. There is a missing persons article. There is an obituary. There is the missing persons poster. And there is a missing person case file from the FBI that goes into a little bit more detail about what occurred uh, in these events that seem to be involving Agent Tuck. There's one more thing. Um, in the FBI file, there's a woman named Alice Sawyer. Um, she was at Quantico when I was there. I don't. I don't know her. I don't know anything else. But she was the. Sorry. Who? Alice Sawyer. Do you know her name? She was my instructor. Yeah. Monica. Um, so I don't know if she's involved. I, fuck, I should ask Mallory. Well, you know, you know, according to the FBI file that she was basically handed this case to close it, to archive it. She, she handled it in the sense that she brought it to a close when there was no finding your, your sister and no leads beyond that. You're sure it was Alice Sawyer? It's in the file. I think I go immediately to make a note. It's a lot of coincidental shit. I don't think I believe in coincidences anymore. Mm-hmm. It's fate. It has to be. <sighs> I don't believe in fate either. Give me a month and I'll prove it to you. Um, but thank you for um, hearing me out, I guess. If you think I'm going to be a liability on it, um, I understand. I think we've all been a liability. Sometimes you gotta be a liability. Merit, I think you uh, can make a human intelligence role. I would like to. Uh, I have a four over 80. Tuck says she doesn't want to be a liability, but the truth is she has a bunch of information on a case that happened a long time ago. There's no getting around that this is extremely important to Tuck on a personal level. You you could even classify this as an obsession. I mean, spending your entire life pursuing this, there's there's something there. Tuck, I... I just want to say up front that I understand completely your interest in connecting these cases and to making sure that we investigate this. And I meant every word when I said that you deserve answers. 
I hope you understand that what I say next comes with a level of compassion that is relevant to the situation. I do not think that you should have any amount of leading circumstance on a case like this. And when I... Uh, there should be barriers set up in place is what I'm saying and I'm not going to sugarcoat this I understand exactly why you want to do this but you cannot be the one that does we all collectively can be but this is not the tarmac and it cannot be do you understand where I'm coming from with that? Are we all understood on that? Should we go to Kansas or New York or anywhere that we hold dear to ourselves? If it has our name on it, we are no longer the leading force. Yes, understood. Okay. Uh, did I find that fob? I, I got <laughs> oh an, yeah! I got an eight on yeah, the search yeah, floor. Right. I got an eight yeah. on the search floor. <laughs> uh, looking around, you do not find that fob. What the fuck? Man. I'm like, Boomer, I'm like thinking, uh, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm Boomer a little bit, uh, but I'm thinking. Boomer, can you deactivate that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, we can uh, do something about that. It's off. Got it. Well, I'll keep looking then. It's eventually time to sleep, unless you guys have other plans. Oh, I will make sure the call. Tony and tell him his party's canceled and he should probably go stop by the uh, the cops office or the police cops office make a luck roll Samuel Tony to the cop office Tony um, <laughs> to the cop office <laughs> well it's it's a fail but at least I rolled a 69 nice, hey, nice. <laughs> yeah you, you call him nice. and he does not pick up uh, you assume he's probably very busy with his plans. Yeah, I'll he's too busy blood. boning with that 69. <laughs> hey. well, then I'll, um, <laughs> I'll just drop a, uh, a cryptic text, text message or voice. Gotcha. Everyone has their plans about what they need to do the next day. You all begin getting ready to go to sleep. Uh, I would like to set up a post in Samael's bedroom by the window, a chair, some sort of ottoman, whatever it might be, and set myself with the duffel bag right next to it and everything, uh, have a table by it. Wherever the closest window is, I'm going to breach open the curtains and I'm going to post up for the night, um, knowing full well that he has a tail now watching out for that situation. Merritt, can you make me an alertness roll? I, I'm going to say, to be fair, it's at a minus 20 because you're not staying up the entire night, huh? No, not yeah. at all. This okay. is like a 10. So you're not able to stay up for at least four or five hours, but let's see what you see okay. in the meantime. So alertness minus 20. I need something below a 30. I have a 74 mm. fail. Mm. I mean, it's, it's Manhattan. There is... Not a lot of traffic, but there is traffic. The occasional passerbyers, folks lingering for different reasons. Nobody really stands out to you. Okay. And not to mention your leg is in really, like, throbbing pain. Distracting me. Yeah, yeah. you're very distracted by that. You eventually all find sleep. And the next time we get together, 
we will play out a month of home scenes with all of you. Yay! Exciting. Good home. session. Woo! That oh. was drama, y'all. I'm so tired. Mayday listeners, Caleb here, celebrating a year of Mayday roleplay. It's been an absolute joy bringing you all of the content we've been able to show you this year, but more than anything, it's been such a pleasure to share our table with you. Now, I know what you're doing. You're thinking, wow, it has been so great to listen to Mayday, my favorite podcast and the only podcast I listen to. But how can I help those lovable assholes over there at Mayday roleplay? Well, you're in luck. You can help us continue to provide the same level of high-quality, actual-play content by joining our community on Patreon. With each tier of support, you gain access to our Discord, where you can get the answers you deserve by speaking to us directly. You will also get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon one-shots, artwork, and so much more. We love what we do. We want to continue to share our game with you. To do that, we need as many people at our table as possible. And we've saved you a seat. Join the Mayday Roleplay Patreon today at patreon.com slash maydayrp. It's been only a few minutes since Tuck, Merritt, Warp, and Hyde have left to find Dr. Thornbill. But Samael and Boomer's card game has grown in size. Now, every present member of Coral Nomad has joined in on the action. During a particularly tense moment, Boomer asks... Question. Have you got any embarrassing drunk stories about Hyde? (laughs) Me? About Hyde? Yeah, I got some stories. I don't know if they're appropriate for civilian ears, though. Oh, come on. I promise I won't narc. I just want to know. I mean... What do you think I should tell him, boys? (laughs) Well, you know why we call her Hyde, right? See, whatever she drinks, she goes from being this quiet wallflower to let's just say she's a lot more outgoing hell we started this thing where every time she'd come out with us we'd see how drunk we could get her and then we start daring her to do something stupid and most of the time she'd fucking do it this one time we were fresh out of basic stationed at Fort Rucker we got her drunk and we dared her to steal the SO's prized deer head that he kept mounted above his desk. Sure enough, she snuck back onto the base, broke into his office, and for extra credit, mounted it on top of the tallest building. (laughs) And so was so pissed, he wanted blood. But when they checked the cameras, the hard drive was full and stopped recording just a few hours before she did it. Some office jockey forgot to wipe the drive. Can you believe it? So they never found it was her. Fucking lucky, right? 
We called her Hyde from that point on. <laughs> Good times. She stopped drinking with us, though, after Afghanistan. A lot of things changed about Hyde after Afghanistan. What happened in Afghanistan? Look, lady, I'm no Blue Falcon, okay? So if you're so damn curious, you can ask her yourself. Now, are you going to place a bet or what? <laughs> 